Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. We're going to have a lot of Elon news tonight, I guess, since things are kind of ambiguous. But We'll get to that, but you have a personal Elon story. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Brian, you used to live in Santa Monica where you were almost hit by Priuses all of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a running joke on the show for, what, five years? Oh, at least. At least. Yeah. And basically until I moved. Yeah. Yeah, until you moved to Canada. And then you, you know, almost get hit by a moose. Um, yeah. I was walking through the Whole Foods parking lot today and I couldn't take the sidewalk because they have so many carts on the sidewalk. You can't walk on it. So you have to walk through the parking lot. And I was hit by a car. Mm-hmm. I was hit by a fucking Tesla. Which autopilot literally my aching ass because I got hip checked by a Model Three. Right, and guess that lidar didn't go off. Guess not. I guess I guess Skinny Jason does not uh, does not register on the autopilot anymore. Oh, it's so. it's 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 buried deep, deep, deep in the documentation for the autopilot that uh, it only works on people over two hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. I clocked in at uh, one eighty nine this morning, so I oh, guess see uh, you're fucked. You're dead meat. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it hurts a little bit. But, but like I said, literally, my aching ass. Um, yeah. But, you know, most people in this town would have stopped, got their license and all this stuff and made a fucking big deal about it. And I'm just like, he's got a Model 3. That means he doesn't really have any money. So I'm just going to kind of put a stake on it later and walk it off. <laughs> and he certainly doesn't have L.A. money. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Model S's that are parked in the other side of the lot, those are the ones that have the money. This this guy. Those are the ones you should be walking around in front of, Jason. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I didn't even look in the window to see if it was a guy or a girl. I just assume it was a guy. I just slapped the back of the window and I just had some choice words and flipped him off and walked on because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, what, what are you going to do? You know, I'm not going to not going to deal with that. But autopilot my aching ass. This thing had no it, it just boom right into me. So. Again, uh, from my limited experience, the one time I drove a Tesla, uh, my friend had bought one. Uh, if you were, if you're older and you were raised a, a responsible adult who follows the rules of the road, your eyes are looking in your rearview mirror. Your eyes are looking uh, out the out the main sc- windscreen. You're you're looking at the road. You're not looking down to the right where a radio or, or an ashtray would be if you're very old, where they put the laptop screen that lets you see everything. So it's really like I found it very disconcerting. I was like, I don't feel like driving a Tesla is a safe thing to do because for me to be able to control my car or use the LiDAR systems and, and, and the 3D technology and the cameras that see everything, for me to do all of that, I literally have to take my eyes off the road. That can't right. be right. No, no, not at all. Yeah, uh, you know that it comes back now. You, you saw my big ass Jeep. There is mm-hmm. no technology in that thing. I love mm-hmm. it. I do have. I, I mean, I've got a backup camera which I never use. I look out the window because yeah, I got a big ass Jeep. A lot of, uh, you don't have to do a lot of parallel parking up there. <laughs> no, I don't. Thank God. Because so, uh, uh, I got to no. tell you, the the, ba- <laughs> the the back the backup cameras are fucking awesome for parallel parking. Yeah, I haven't parallel parked in God ten years. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Yeah, since I left the cities, you know, right. I had a house with a garage. I go to you know stores with parking lots. Don't park <laughs> on the street. Yeah, 
No, I I don't even know if I could parallel park anymore. I'd have to buy one of those new cars that had all the fancy gizmos just so <laughs> I could park it. Right. Oh. So, yeah, that's my Tesla story for the day. You know, we've you made it your whole life in Santa Monica and Venice without getting hit and here I am trying to get and this, this is this is the most embarrassing thing. I was going to a Whole Foods to buy a quinoa and chicken salad. <laughs> like you are so LA. <laughs> It is so I told ridiculous. my when you texted me, I told my wife, I was like, Jason just told me the most LA story and ever. He got hit by a Tesla in a Whole Foods parking lot. Yeah, it really is. I'm just like I mean, I'm I was just laughing. If they redid the LA like, story oh. with Steve Martin, this would happen. <laughs> oh, that was a great movie, by the way. It was oh. a great movie and true. I wonder if it has <laughs> legs. We'll have to find oh my out. God, totally does. I watched it. A little follow up on the Bruce Willis thing. Apparently, that was that whole story that we talked about last week was bullshit. Mm. So, so much for uh, the Telegraph being a responsible news source. Um, yes, the the company Deep Cake has come out and said, no, no, no. He still owns his rights. We just did it for a uh, commercial and all this stuff. And I'm like, Deep Cake is one of the greatest company names for for a you know a virtual avatar company ever. How did we miss that? <laughs> There's a cake up here that's that's well known. It's like a it's like a store brand, right? Like so, you just go get it. It's called it's deep and delicious. So now mm. I totally want a deep and delicious cake, a deep cake. <laughs> you know, I knew the story was something. Felt some. It didn't pass the sniff test when we put it in our in our uh, notes because it was a very early. Um, it was one of the first articles that had come out about it by the time we were recording. It was like just breaking. And I, the name Deep Cake wasn't in that press release. And I remember th- reading through it really quickly going, it's weird that they're not naming the company that bought the rights. Oh. And I should have known. It didn't pass the sniff test. Uh, so we were wrong. But what can you do? What can yeah, you do? Not true. Not that I care. So, yeah. Well, one thing, one thing that we do care about that was not mm-hmm. true is all the kitty porn on Patreon doesn't exist. There, there's no follow-up on that. I in no way, shape, or form am going to categorically state that there's no kitty porn on Patreon. Because there's no I'm kitty sure porn problem. There's no there's, problem. There's no kitty porn. It's not, it's not an endemic to the platform problem. Yes, the, like, the like owners of the platform were not uh, pushing kitty porn and keeping it up just to make the, make the bones, as it were. None of that was true. That went completely away. In fact, Patreon has not been in the news at all about anything there's been no follow-up about the security firings there's been nothing so as far as i can tell you know they're just they have normal company problems not bad ones yeah like not making enough money like us like us in the news oh what a tangled web elon musk weaves even if he tries to deceive. I don't even know, like, we don't even know where anything is anymore. All I have to state now is, like, it's such a fucking shit show of stupidity and bullshit. Now, the two stories I have in here, I, I, I'm not going to talk about them. They're just, they're actually just fun reads, and um, it, they don't relate to the the mess of news stories that we actually have in here, none of which apparently are valid anymore because who the fuck knows what's happening. Uh, yeah, we the have first no idea. Is over, the <laughs> no first idea. is over at the Atlantic because as part of the process of the lawsuit that was coming, of course, they got access to Elon's text between him and the glitterati and the technorati of the world and his 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 basically group of sycophants. I was going to say sycophants, are, yes. Are blowing smoke up his ass and telling him he's the most genius person any uh, ever. And I don't even care what your plan is. You need a bill? I'll send you a billion dollars. No problem. 
whatever. Uh, the title is basically a, says it all. Elon Musk's test text shatter the myth of the tech genius. It's a, it's a fucking bro collab. Yeah. End of story. Um, it's a bunch of but, rich guys slapping each other's penises around. <laughs> That's my line. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I'm chatting yeah, for the show, Jason. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I've had a bad week, so I, I, I do appreciate yeah. it. Um, Calcanus is coming out the worst, I think, out of everybody on all Oh, he just tests. looks like the biggest fucking ass licker known to man. Well, you know, that's, that's not too far off from the truth. Well, there you go. I mean, these were private <laughs> texts, so it's not yeah. like anybody's putting on airs here. Uh, Slate has a good breakdown of select uh, particularly fun t- uh, texts that were explained uh, and, and brought out. So uh, the link is in the show notes for that if you want to go through and read it. Funnily enough, you know who comes out the absolute best from all these texts being released? Who? Elon. Really? He does. He comes huh. out as like, I know all you people are blowing smoke up my ass. I'm trying to figure out what to do. You're you can tell from from the subtext you can tell like he doesn't th- he does not think well of Prague Prague at all so that's fine you, you mm-hmm. he he doesn't like the people I don't know anybody that does that's, that's okay I can't yeah. think of anybody that thinks well of him either so yes fair enough but you he comes off as somebody actually like polling the people that he knows trying to get opinions and handling people trying to kiss his ass gracefully but not like not like lording it he's not like oh, yes, kiss the ring. He's just like, okay, you're not really giving me any actionable information here. I will just ignore you. Well, I mean, he is just a dude, so. <laughs> but he's a... He doesn't come off. What I'm saying is from my reading of all the texts and everything, he actually comes off better than anyone else involved. You know, honestly, after, like, you know, what we talked about with the billionaires last week, mm-hmm. that's not hard. <laughs> it's no, really it's, not it, hard. it's a low bar. It's a low, it's a low bar. bar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just it's like so calling autopilot on your car, you know. Yeah, yeah, about the, about the same low bar. It is pretty pathetic, though. I mean, it's a billionaires just like us, but dumber. I, dude, I I know so many rich people, and they're just not smart. Most of them are yeah. just not smart. They got lucky. They got yeah. lucky. They got lucky, and they assumed that's because they were amazing people. Yep. Turns out, maybe not. So now we have about 75 stories in here about uh, the travails that the Twitter Musk uh, deal has gone through over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, basically it came down to, uh, hmm, um, I don't want to buy you anymore. Okay, well, we're going to have to sue you because we have a deal. How about 20 bucks a share? Nope, 5420. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of bots. Yeah, you knew about that. No, I didn't. <laughs> well, the text now show that you did. Okay, how about uh, thirty-eight bucks? Nope, fifty-four twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that well, was in the contract. Um, <laughs> uh, let's uh, delay that lawsuit. Nope, not going to delay the lawsuit. Mm, how about forty-five? Nope, fifty-four twenty. Consults with lawyer. Okay, fuck it, fine, fifty-four twenty. Sure, uh, send over the check. Uh, contingent on me getting funding. Go fuck yourself. See, we'll see you in court. <laughs> and but now we're not sure if that's even what's happening anymore. The judge, because... Yeah, the judges put the, the case on hold to let him try and find the money. Apparently, he needs another couple of weeks to look in his couch cushions to find the extra couple, you know, billion dollars to buy Twitter. Can I can I just tell you right now, Elon, go back through your pre old texts because there's a bunch of people sucking you off to give you a bill. So, yeah, you seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, 
it's just I, I mean I love Twitter so much and it's just sad. This whole thing is sad because it's going to get ruined. It's going to get destroyed. Um, I have an article in here called Musk's Twitter deal has employees asking, should I stay or should I go? Which they literally played over the PA system in the New York office. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it is. It, it has got to be a mess over there because even if he does buy this company, he's going to spend another couple billion dollars trying to hire talent to like, you know, actually – do his vision outside of the fact that he's going to owe a billion or two in years uh, per year just for the loans, just to, for the right to own this shit show. Oh God, uh, it, I, it's all over. Like it's Twitter's done. No, this makes me sad. It's my favorite. It is my favorite social network. I was I was there the first day. Come on, it's like don't take that away from me. <sighs> what are you uh-huh. gonna do? <laughs> uh, we can go back to some of the other social networks that were there the first day on. Oh, wait, they're just Hello. sell t-shirts now. <laughs> Hello, the one that we made the most fun of is still there. It's is still it, going. Is is it, though? But No, it's still it's still in, open for business. You can go well, post on Hello. I, 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 come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, granted, there's nobody there, but. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's just, but, um, but it's still in, in existence. Mm-hmm. Um so but, uh, so's, so's also, anything if you go to the Wayback Machine. <laughs> that's true. But also what is in existence this week was the Tesla bot. We got to see the Tesla bot. Wow. That, that is almost as bad of a shit show as Elon trying to buy Twitter. What? should have probably put garbage. a lot more money into making a Tesla bot lawyer. Oh, God. <laughs> oh speaking of, She-Hulk, attorney at law, just got a notice on my phone that there's a new episode. So we got to finish this thing quick. Well, see, this is the problem with recording now on Thursday night is it, that's must-see TV for us. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I just got to notice Lower Decks is out. Uh, yep. yep. Lower out. Decks and She-Hulk, they're both out right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, did, did this this bot is like – I'm like, we are so trained right now from Boston Dynamics to have breakdancing robots that can do parkour. Mm-hmm. And this thing comes out like a drunk Joe Biden trying to you know meander his way across the stage. And no shade on it's, Joe. It's he just not, did a great thing today. But it still, it looks like him trying to walk. You know, this is not this is not high tech. No, it's not. The, the taco bot's more impressive than this one. And Elon even says the robot can actually do a lot more than we just showed you. We just didn't want it to fall on its face. Well, that's not a very good robot. That is it. This, that sounds an awful lot like, look at the windows on my Cybertruck that cannot be broken by anything. <laughs> Throw a rock at it. Oops. Oh, that was classic. And by the way, where is that Cybertruck? Yeah, it's not coming anytime soon. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. Shocking. Apparently, you can buy one if you uh, get a Twitter Blue subscription. Subscription. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you know, with the new edit button on Twitter Blue, which I haven't gotten yet, but uh, we'll apparently, friend of the show Brian Brushwood has his first hit. The first line out of his mouth was "Son of a cunt." I'm like, that's my man. That's my man. <laughs> I love Brian. Um, so, uh, in, in, uh, oh, look, the consequences of my actions news, uh, Kim Kardashian will have to pay $1.26 million to settle an SEC charge over a crypto post. So Mm -hmm. she got fined for $1.26 million for ads she posted on Instagram stories. She got paid $250,000, so quarter of a mil. So what is that? The four times, five times, uh, what she made in theory, uh, is the fine. So that's good. That's significant. I mean, it's not a lot of money for Kim Kardashian. Let's be honest. She made 1.26 million, at least just off banging some dude, just releasing a video. 
well, or so, having lunch today and posting and tweeting about it, or, you yeah. know, Instagramming about it. So, yeah. so this is all, you know, obviously about the fact that she did not, uh, she did not, she didn't disclose that first it was an ad. And secondly, not only was it an ad, she got paid a shit ton of money, uh, not just ad money, just a shit ton of money to post this stuff. So, and of course, yep. uh, you know, all the, 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 the cryptocurrency crashed immediately, like immediately. So everybody that invested just got destroyed. So it's hey, a pump and dump. Fun. They're all pump and dumps. Yeah, it's all pump and dumps. All this stuff. Have we been wrong about any of this? Were we wrong Mm-mm. about any of the crypto stuff? Were you we wrong about NFTs? Were we wrong about any of this? We weren't wrong, but we were dumb because we didn't make any money off of it, which we should have. No, we are ethical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Ethics. You know what ethics which is for? Which is also why Fuck. we're smarter than the billionaires, but they make the money because they don't have the ethics. They have the billions. Yes, yeah. exactly. Millions you know. or ethics. That is the, apparently the choice these days. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there's a new study out on nature.com about the uh, the economic estimation of Bitcoin mining's climate damages. And uh, mm-hmm. they say they're closer to uh, digital crude than digital gold. They have great, <laughs> great graphs in here. This is a this is a, a heady read. It is a very heady read. But they mm-hmm. have done the research and uh, – Here's a quote from it. Climate damages of BTC averaged 35% of its market value from 2016 to 2021 and 58% between 2020 and 2021. This places BTC in the category of other energy-intensive or heavily polluting commodities such as beef production, natural Mm -hmm. gas electricity generation, or gasoline Mm -hmm. from crude oil and substantially more damaging than what we might consider to be more sustainable commodities like chicken and pork production and renewable electricity sources like solar and wind. So, yeah, yeah. here's the here's the, the new thing. beef. <laughs> Where's the beef? Oh, it's being mined, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing: the beef I, is I on the blockchain. <laughs> you, you, and I are both climate change believers. We we believe in it. We think it's real. We understand the science. We we get it. Uh, you and I also ethics, like I, I know you play down this stuff a lot because that's fun. It's part of your thing, but you and I are, are similar in this. Like we, we do what we can, but the mm-hmm. thing is all, everything that we do amounts to a, a fucking single shake of piss into the ocean. Yeah. Like oh, totally nothing like stop fucking telling me I should eat less hamburgers. Shut down Bitcoin. Go yeah. fuck yourself. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And stop telling me I should consider flying coachless when Taylor Swift has a fucking private jet that burns more fuel than any amount of fuel that I'm ever going to burn my entire life globe hopping. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah. I'm sick of this. So I, I – you know you know what I gave up? I think it was 2009 when I went to Hong Kong and realized that the entirety of Hong Kong is trying to air condition the entire external side of the city. Mm-hmm. There are air conditioners running in every single window. <laughs> like, yep. the, the, I mean, they're in, it's it's like the uh, um, leaf blowers here in L.A. You know, yep. if we just got rid of the leaf blowers in Los Angeles alone, we could probably drop the carbon production of the entire state by like, you know, 80 yep. percent. It's ridiculous. And that's why it's just like, OK, let's 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 fight the big battles. Let's not fight the little battles. Yeah. Stop telling me to do my part. Because yeah, my part let's do the big ones. Fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 burn the planet for fake fucking money. That's that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. That's really it. So yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. So 
<sighs> but speaking of that God. fake money, if you wanted to get any of it out of Coinbase for a little while, about six hours on Sunday, you couldn't. Nope. <laughs> nope. An issue with the automated clearinghouse network, which is used for electronic transfers between bank accounts in the country, emerged just before 7 a.m. Eastern time. The company said on a status page that identified the problem described as a major outage by 8.23 a.m. and resolved it by 12.41 p.m. During the outage, users were still able to buy cryptocurrency. Because of, of course you could still buy it. But you couldn't get it out if you wanted out. Which is so kind when's of the class a problem. action lawsuit coming? Yeah, Where's exactly. the delta, you know, between when when what was the price of Bitcoin when it started? What was the price mm-hmm. of Bitcoin when it ended for this outage? Yes. And where's the class action against Coinbase? That's for it. For a volatile, speculative thing like Bitcoin, having uh, not being able to get your money out for six hours is a bit of a problem. It's a big fucking deal is what it is. Yes, it is. And, you know, the vast majority of people are actually on Coinbase. It's huge. So that's a no, big it's problem. A, yeah, no. I still, I still have a Coinbase account. Um, I got so my money I. out. but uh, I just left it, let it sit. Every now and then I look at it and go, huh, still nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, here, here, let's, let's, let's have some fun here. Uh, where mm-hmm. is my tab for money? Let's open up my MetaMask account and let's see how bad Ethereum is doing. Okay. Ethereum, my $250 Ethereum purchase mm-hmm. is now down to $100. And this is after this is after they they became quote unquote green, and it has yes. not come back up. Uh, so yeah, because nobody cares. Nobody gives a uh, shit. Let's see. <laughs> okay, Bitcoin is sitting at twenty thousand, down from. It's, it's, well, it's boy, it bit. didn't go to the moon, did it? It kind of just went to McDonald's. Walk uh, me. Yeah. We're all gonna make it. <laughs> oh, this is all. This is all yeah. What a joke! What a joke it all was. Uh, speaking of jokes and trying to not make it a joke, FCC is actually starting to finally take some action with some of these uh, uh, some of these providers for with their robocall mitigation database. Uh, they're basically noticed that nobody's complying, and really? they're actually going to try to start to do something about it, which Shocking. is good because I noticed for a <laughs> while like calls went down, but they're huge again. They're way oh, back they're, up. yeah, every day. Every yeah, day. every day it's back and to the where weird thing the thing I never understand about it is some half of them and because I do tend to pick it up and just like whatever and then I just put my phone down half of them there's not even a sales pitch or anything like it's just you're just calling me to and then I answer and you hang up what's that about yeah I don't know what the hell's going on with that stuff I have yeah. no idea it, but I I do like AT and T's spam risk notice because that is the best thing. It's like my phone <laughs> rings. I'm like, who the fuck is calling me? I don't want to talk to anyone. And it says spam risk, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is the greatest thing in the world to see spam risk come up because I'm just like, I, I guess that's how they you know they train us to to take these calls. <laughs> it's I like, guess. okay, you're still gonna get them, but where's the button that says if it's a spam risk? Don't fucking tell me. Just you you know that it's a spam risk. That's enough for me to say, okay, fine. I don't want to talk to them. Yeah. But here's the deal. You want to talk to me? Text me first. End of story. Yep. Um, yeah. So there's about seven companies that they're targeting that haven't bothered to do all the different things that they've asked them to do. And they basically said, you've got 14 days to show show cause why you couldn't put in stir slash shake and call authentication to prevent spoofing and other anti-spam efforts. And if you don't, fuck you. We're you're you're on the list forever. That's it. You're done. And it'll shut down these companies basically as businesses. So good. Good.
This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once. They continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. 
Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with DeleteMe. DeleteMe scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at DeleteMe took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Are you hungry? I am which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart, keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factor's chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Media Candy. I don't know why I I don't seem to learn sometimes, Jason. I'm I'm a smart guy. I mean, obviously not billionaire smart. Oh wait, that's ethics again. 
You're right, right, that. right. Yeah, that's different. Uh, that uh, ethics versus intelligence is way You know, different. smart smart guy, national merit scholar, uh, valedictorian, all that sort of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. SAT scores. Uh, I'm smart. Yet somehow I keep forgetting how much I fucking hate Marvel movies. I th- I blame She-Hulk because She-Hulk was is such a pleasant show and I'm enjoying it so much that I'm like, this Marvel thing isn't so bad. I like comedy. Thor Love and Thunder, people say it's funny. Uh, I don't know what people you're talking to, but I don't I don't know anybody that said that movie was funny. Thor Love and Thunder is one of the most awful things I've seen in my entire life. So awful, like a train wreck, I could not stop watching it. Oh my I, god. Stem you, to stern, you watched the whole thing? Did I watched watch the, the whole thing? thing. Stem to stern just to see how oh. fucking awful it could be. And oh, it you, is you poor soul. spectacularly awful. Everybody everybody involved in this movie should, like, the FCC should ban them from ever making movies again. Uh, Whatever, what's the name of that guy who's so annoying? Taika Waititi. He needs to go die in a fire. I'm sorry, this is the worst. See, I'm totally channeling you. That's your line, die in a fire. Um, It's horrible. If they let him anywhere near Star Wars, I I will, I don't know what I'm going to do. That pirate show that he has on HBO is awful. Oh, so bad. This is awful. This is an embarrassment. Uh, if this is the direction Marvel is going to go, they're going to have some real problems. It's so bad, Jason. It's no, so everybody said bad. it was the worst Marvel movie ever made. And, you know, look, Taika Waititi has two movies that I like. I like the first Thor movie that he made. I thought that was funny. It was cute. And Hunt for the Wilder People. Those are the, the two movies that I think that he did the best on. Um, he was part of that uh, We Live in Shadows too, right? I'd have no idea. Okay. Uh, it's the vampire one. Um, yeah, I've I, never watched that either. So I, don't I, know. I started to watch it. I couldn't get into it. I have a bunch of friends who who love it, say it's the best thing since sliced toast, but I just didn't like it. It wasn't for me. Right. But um, yeah, no, Taika Waititi's time has come and gone from everybody I know that has seen this movie. They said it is the worst Marvel movie ever, but you <laughs> stuck it to the end, which means you have a data point inside of the Marvel universe that says you are a person that watched the entirety of the movie. So you're part of the problem. <laughs> I'm going to have to delete my uh, Netflix account and start a new one up because I don't want that in my algorithm. Okay. Well, I think that's Disney Plus, so oh, don't, don't, don't delete the wrong account. <laughs> Can't delete that. That would be bad. Yeah. Uh, I did watch Nothing Compares, which is the documentary about Sinead O'Connor. Uh, I worked with her at some point in her career. Um, I always have to say I, 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 she's absolutely lovely um, in, a, in an our kind of people way. She's cranky. Mm-hmm. She's opinionated. Um, no, really? I never noticed. Yeah. You, you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but an absolutely lovely person and fantastic. And I always really enjoyed any time I spent around her. Um, See, that's I've, just I've, like us too. We are yeah. we are grumpy, but we are lovely people. Yeah. And uh, I've uh, I've been screaming from the rooftops that uh, she was treated completely unfairly and she was 100% right about the church uh, back when she did her Saturday Night Live thing and she got crucified for it. Mm-hmm. She was right. She was 100% right, and uh, every, the world owes her an effing apology, and this documentary is fantastic. Oh, Absolutely it is. Good. Fantastic. Thank God. Thank God. Yes. I've had so much bad news. <laughs> I was hoping this was going to be good. No, it was very good. I, I loved yeah. it. Um, I loved everything about it. And the, the thing that really hit me, too, is just – I know we're getting old, Jason. All the footage from, like, the 90s and all that, man, that was a good time. 
I miss the 90s so much. And it's not just being old. It was a better time for a it lot was. of things. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. It was, it was <laughs> really just awesome. Was. I mean, not so great for Sinead. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, she might, have, she might have a differing opinion. <laughs> but... The rest of yeah. us enjoyed it, but no, I've yeah. I've always I've always thought she was uh you know, I didn't get to work with her like you did, but I always thought that she was uh baller. That's that's the oh, only way that I can describe yeah, her. She's yes, that baller. is a that is an amazing description for her. Yes, absolutely yeah. fantastic. And the documentary is well worth the watch. It's it's great. And uh, a big F you to the Prince Estate for not letting them use nothing compares to you for no reason whatsoever. Um yeah, it was it was great, and uh, there's a really great article on Slate that I've included in the show notes that talks about how uh, we really need to reassess the way we treated her. No shit, I've been saying that okay. for twenty years. How's she doing now? Because we had a couple episodes where she was like, you know, they were doing suicide watch on her and stuff like that. Is she is she doing better now? I, I think so. I mean, she was directly involved with this documentary. A lot of the voiceover is her very recently uh, talking about stuff. So I. Look, she's manic depressive. She's 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 many things. She's she's not a well person, but uh, she seems to be holding all. it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, can I that that I can uh, I can relate to. Um, <laughs> I, I did finish uh, season three of Pose, so I watched all of that. And mm-hmm. my God, Billy fucking Porter is he's a national treasure. That guy, it's just wow. I, I know next to nothing about him except for what I see him like uh, flounce through on award shows and things like that. And I'm just like that. That guy's a baller. <laughs> when he wore that dress, that black dress to the first uh, the Oscar. I don't know if it was the Oscars or the Emmys, but that was the first time I ever saw him. I never knew it's, who he was. And he wore that. And I'm like, you, my man, are it was, awesome. <laughs> he is the only thing that interests me about award shows anymore. When I see him appear, I'm like, now this guy's interesting. He's so interesting. He is so interesting. And hopefully he'll be here in the studio soon. Um, but uh, uh, also on season two of Pose is Deshaun Wesley, who is the host of Legendary, which I've talked about. And I'm doing a podcast with him. And uh, we, have, we have the trailer out for that. Uh, we are booking all of our first guests now. Uh, that show will be out in about two, three weeks, maybe. Um, and we are hopefully going to have Billy Porter on the show because he's Billy fucking Porter. That's why, yeah, <laughs> you know. That's why. And uh, – <laughs> Oh, it is so nice to have like, you know, the studio being used now. And Deshaun is he's also a treasure. I mean, God, the voice on that guy. Jesus. He's got a presence. Let's just say when he walks in a room like, you know, it, you know, it, you, 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 you've been around stars before. So, you know, when like a real one walks in the room, yep, he's a real one. So say what you um, will about Coldplay. That's Chris Martin. Really? Really? Yeah. 100%. I've never, there's, I've never really reason. liked their music, so I didn't really follow them that much. There but. is a reason they're as famous as they are, and it's Chris Martin. Okay, yeah, biggest band in the world when you were working with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I did start to watch the real Bling Ring, the uh, the Hollywood Heist story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, episode and a half. We 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 just said no, we're done. These are garbage people. These are yeah. people that were thieves. They were flat-out thieves, and now they have a show on Netflix. And I want to say to Netflix, go fuck yourself for giving them a show, period. I agree 100%. What are you doing? That's Yeah, this, these, these people should not have a show. Make you a documentary, are... fine. That's that's fine. Tell, tell the story about them. That's fine. Give them money. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, and it's them. It's them telling their own story. Yeah, So they're getting point. paid. It, it, yeah, no, it is horrible. It is horrible. And, and like nowadays... With crime the way it is, especially here in Los Angeles, 
Uh, my friend Johnny had his van stolen the other day right out in front of his place. $160,000 worth of gear inside of it because he's a plumber. So it's basically a mobile, you know, hardware store. Right. And nobody called it in. Like they took him seven. They have the video of it and it took him 17 minutes to break in and actually break it to, so they could so they could steal it. And um, right after they stole it, they were involved in a fatal hit and run with his van. So he's going to get some of it back. He doesn't know if it was it was after or before. Um, you know, if they unloaded it or not. So, but the cops apparently said that there, there's some tools left. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, here's, here's the other funny part talking about, you know, law enforcement nowadays, he was on the phone with his insurance company and he said that, fuck this. I'm just going to kill myself. I'm done. I spent 30 years building this business. Now my business is gone and you guys aren't going to help me. So at least to the point of the insurance company, this would be Mercury insurance. They called it in to the LAPD and said, you need to go do a wellness check on this guy. He's suicidal right now. He just lost his, his livelihood and whatever. They, they showed up mm-hmm. eight hours later. <laughs> what the fuck is the point of that? Just to go pick up the body? And, you know, oh, God, it's just, I'm, I'm so mad at law enforcement nowadays. You have no <laughs> idea. And around here, it's like I've got a homeless encampment behind me that is the entire road. It is uh, – don't even get me started. Anyway. Canada, pretty nice. Sh- shows like this is what pisses me off though because they they take crime and they they sensationalize it. And these people should still be in fucking jail for what they did. I mean look, they should okay, seriously uh, still be in jail. Look, if Jeffrey Dahmer were still alive, they'd, they'd have a show with him telling his story. Oh, they do. Oh, wait, sad. Well, that's the other show that's on my to-do watch yeah, list. Yeah, but he's not still alive. <laughs> No, he's not. They, they he's can't not. hire him. <laughs> no, but there was a big kerfuffle about the LGBTQ community saying that, hey, this isn't an LGBTQ movie. This is a serial Oh, yeah, apparently movie, it was so tagged don't take us that off. way, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I'm with him. That's, it's not a gay movie. He was a gay guy, but it is not a movie about LGBTQ community. So why would you tag it that way? That's That was ridiculous. So I'm glad that at least they reversed course on that. But um, yeah, that's that. We're probably gonna end up watching that soon. So <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> I'm gonna take a big pass on that one. Yeah, it, I, I, I'm kind of on the fence. You know, it's like I lived through that. I was there. I mean, I was in Chicago. He was in Milwaukee. So we were. It was close. You know, when all that stuff went down. So yeah, I don't know. Um, let's move on to some more fun stuff, or sort of. Mm-hmm. Bobby's Triple Threat on the Food Network. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the worst Food Network show I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is so boring. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. like let's put let's put uh, one chef against three other chefs and let them have a cook off. You know, it's a competition show. What I think is Bobby Flay's audience is very old and subdued. Yes, so they don't want action. You compare that to the other show that's now out now called Out Chefed, where they bring in people who are who think that they're going to be in an audition for a Food Network show. And then they pair them – it's a competition show against one of the major Food Network stars. That mm-hmm. show is incredible. Each show, everybody's doing the same shit. They're cooking. That's it. They're cooking against each other, period. Outcheft is engaging. It's hilarious. It's funny. Bobby's Triple Threat, we were like 20 minutes in. We're like, this is the stupidest thing we've ever seen. I don't get it. Cheap to produce and lots of hours to fill. Yeah, yeah. But Outcheft is awesome. It is totally <laughs> awesome. I have to say the, the, we've we've been watching a, a crap ton of Food Network because uh, we're you know heading into Halloween. Lucas, my son, loves Halloween, 
And they've got uh, Halloween Wars, Halloween Cookie Wars. Oh, how's the cookie show? Have you watched that? Fantastic. And, and oh, Luke I can't wait. Losing his yeah. mind. He's like, I want to make vampire cookies that, that spit out blood. Ah! Like he's loving it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Jet Tila lives down the road. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that one. Yeah. The, all, all the Halloween shows are all out now. And, and yeah, we've just been bitching them and they're great. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, check out Outshaft. It is it is so cool because it just it is worth it for the look on the, the person's face when they get to see who they're going up against. Like the first one was Alex Gornichelli and the second one was uh, Antonio LaFaso. <laughs> so and just, you know, because they're walking down the hall with all these pictures and, you know, it, 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 it just when they come out, they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they have their family in the back. Like screaming. Right. It's so cool. It is It is definitely one of the happiest shows uh, that I've seen in a long time. Bobby's Triple Threat, cancel that right now, please. Cancel it. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Dune Revival is a go. Apparently, uh, part one of Dennis News. Dune is, uh, has done well enough that uh, HBO's going all in and has greenlit a show called Sisterhood of Dune, which will star Emily Watson and Shirley Henderson. Now, Do they have traveling you- pants? They wear dresses. The ben okay, Jessup. well, I just the no. sister of the traveling. Pa- I hear no, no, sisterhood. I, I'm just. I always think of that sh- that movie. Did you ever watch that movie? Because I have. No, I have okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I just remember the title. I just want to hear yeah. sisterhood. Of the, sisterhood of the traveling. It's pa- a good title. Uh, so this is based on the novels written by uh, by uh, Frank Herbert's son, that uh, Brian Herbert. Not uh, I, if you remember, I've reviewed a lot of these books in the past, and I've vowed that I'm not going to read them anymore because they're just not up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I will say for them, in terms of it being a TV show, he Brian Herbert's stuff is so is watered down and reads like it could be a movie or say a series. As opposed to Frank Herbert's stuff, which is basically unfilmable, which is why the three and a half hour Dune is only part one and probably should really only be part three of a Dune movie because Dune is like 7,000 pages of political thriller mixed with climate change, mixed with everything else known to man and massively big ideas. While Brian Henderson, or Brian Herbert, I don't know why I said Henderson, Brian Herbert's book are one idea stretched over 300 pages. So okay. this could actually be and make for a good series. We'll see. Certainly All right. Don't uh, no, I'll check it out. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Why not? Yeah. So this is the early story, the backstory of how the Bene Gesserit were, uh, came about. So it takes oh, place, that is, I, you know, 10,000 years before Dune. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's split the universe on that one for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I can't wait for, you know, the next movie because it was so good. It was so good. It was great. It was actually really good. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, What's not good is uh, a bunch of shows on Spotify. They are canceling 11 of their original podcasts, and they are laying off around 5% of their podcast staff. So you're saying I I shouldn't keep... uh Shouldn't keep continuing uh, reaching out to my contacts at Spotify to get them to pay us? Uh, well, you know, they've got some budget they just cleared up. <laughs> they freed up oh. the budget, yeah. Oh, yeah, but here's the deal. They gave it all to Kim Kardashian, the one oh, person who doesn't need yeah. any more money. So Yeah, yeah. Well, she does now. She had to pay $1.6 million in fine. Yeah, maybe maybe that'll, that'll <laughs> cover it because uh, she's got a new podcast called The System, The Case of Kevin Keith, and uh, they've also got, you know, the big show Call Her Daddy. Um. Oh, there's that other show. Uh, what's that guy, Joe? Something? Yeah, I think they p- spent a bunch of money yeah. on him too. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. 
This is really this is just funny that they're killing these shows. You know, it's it's the Gimlet shows and the Parcast shows. They, didn't they just buy Gimlet? I mean, I know time is compressing. Uh, four but or five, I felt like about we four were years just ago. Covering that story, okay. But also, like I just said, Gimlet unionized. Right. See you later. Uh huh. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget that. Always keep that in the back of your yeah. head when you see these these things come through. Yes. Just remember, uh, there is a Spotify or Spotify. There's a. Starbucks on every corner, but they decided to shut down one. Which one did they shut down? The one that voted to unionize. Cops and doodads. You were talking a little bit earlier about the uh, Twitter edit button, and that's finally rolling out. (laughs) Except not in the U.S. They're rolling out the long-awaited feature in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, but only for Twitter Blue subscribers. Um, obviously it makes sense. They're going to roll it out, test it on smaller markets before they bring it to the U S which is the biggest market. Um, again, it exists. Delete. It does. Retweet. Um, Yeah. I can't get it yet. (laughs) I'm a Twitter blue subscriber. I do not have it. And by the way, I would like to say that Twitter blue is such a sham that they have all of these things that say, Oh, you get all these news articles for free. If you're a Twitter blue subscriber, half of them that I click on, and go to the news site asks me to log in because it's behind a paywall. Yeah. So it's completely broken. It's totally broken. Yeah. Doesn't work at all. I know. No. I've, I've, I've read. I've read countless articles about how that doesn't work at all. Uh, so if you really want to edit your tweet and then have everybody see the timestamp references of, of every single edit that you made, so they can still read exactly what you read the first time. By all means, you can pay five bucks a month for that. Alternatively, you can then, again, just delete the tweet and retype what you meant to type in the first place. Which is what we used to do. Yeah, what what most people do. I still do because I don't pay five bucks a month for a useless thing that does nothing. I still pay for it because the the timer is nice. So when you tweet, you can set a variable timer before it goes out. Um, I know that I could theoretically proofread my tweet before i press send but i have the attention span of a goldfish so i forget and then when the timer's going i reread it and i'm like oh cancel 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 that's wrong (laughs) so (laughs) and not like i'm making any money off of my tweets uh but it is just still funny (laughs) alternatively a friend of the show mike walter back when he used to be very involved on social media and posting what he thought were very funny tweets uh he would just keep a, a database and then he would, you know, open it up on his computer, read through it again, make sure he thought it was funny, and then send it. So you could just type your thought, your tweet into, say, the Notes app, reread it a few times. I'm sorry, I'm old check. school. BB edit, please. Please, BB edit. <laughs> okay, BB edit if you want. I'm just saying there are a lot of options that don't cost you five bucks a month to make sure that you don't type out something stupid. No, but I wanted the news. I wanted the news thing. <laughs> but that doesn't work. And you're still no, paying. No, it doesn't. It, it used to. Now it and doesn't you're still because paying. everybody quit because of Elon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blame Elon for that one. It's all about Elon. So <laughs> It's all uh, Elon's fault. I know. So I made a very stupid purchase this week, which you're going to, which I know you're, I know you're going to just love. So I sent you a picture of it. <laughs> I've been the, to your house. Uh-huh. I've been to your studio. Yeah. You do not have Elon Musk money or an Elon Musk mansion that would require the amount of space needed to be able to actually look at a 75-inch screen. Yes, because I bought the Amazon Fire TV 75-inch Omni-Series 4K UHD Smart TV with Dolby Vision hands-free with Alexa. Mm-hmm. I bought this because 
it in has the to studio. be hands free because you can't be in the same house with it because it's so big. Jesus Christ! I got I got I got fifty inch TVs in the studio that I bought for two hundred bucks each at a resale mm-hmm. shop. The great part about these is they were part of a, an apartment complex and they never right. took off all of the streaming logins. So I get nice. every channel on these TVs. It's great. <laughs> um, but where we have it in the studio, I needed a bigger TV because it doesn't look right on camera when we're shooting it in the background. So I thought, well, this is on sale. Go, go big and go home. Go big. I did not. I did not get out a tape measure to actually look at how big a seventy-five inch TV is. It's massive. The guys that were bringing it in couldn't get it through the door. <laughs> they had to keep tucking with it. It was, I like when I saw them coming in. Like I, I looked out my window in the studio, and I was telling my friend Joey Rabier, who was here, I'm like, "Holy shit, that thing's bigger than the driver!" <laughs> and yes, it is. It is, but it's on sale. You save two hundred and ten dollars if you buy it now. It's usually uh, one thousand forty nine. I got it for eight. Actually, I got it cheaper than this. I got it for two fifty off, but it was so it was like around eight hundred bucks. You saved money buying this, Jason. Oh uh, no, because now I got to figure out how to get it out of here and back to an Amazon distribution center so I can return it because it is too big for anything in any place that I have ever or will ever own. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupidly big. <laughs> It's actually too bad because I was very curious about what the quality of their TVs are. So buy a smaller one from Amazon and let's see. Well, there's the 65 inch, which is the one I should have gone for, which would actually fit the space perfectly. Because I sent you a picture of the studio with the TV in yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it just needs to be a little bit bigger, right? A little bit, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Just a measure. little too small. Just measure. Measure. Yeah. Measure twice, buy once is pretty right. much where I'm at with that. But. The, the the box is so gigantic. <laughs> we started to, take, we started to look at it. And I'm like, uh-uh. You, can, no, you could actually sell back. that box as a home in Los Angeles now. Well, I have a homeless encampment out back, so yeah. I could probably drop Open it the off bidding. there and, you know. Open the bidding. I could, yeah, I could – well, that or I could just, you know, house like 75 different waifs that, that need to, need a place to stay in, in my neighborhood. But Jesus, <laughs> this thing is gigantic. <laughs> I just – I don't know. But, you know, the other side of me is thinking, man, my uh, Xbox would look awesome on this. <laughs> but the ta- I don't have a place that's big enough to actually put it on. Yeah. So don't. I don't. I have no place to put this thing. It is that big. So. <sighs> but uh, something that is small that I got, I got the DJI Avata drone because I sold all three of my other drones and got enough money to buy this one because this one is all – Heads up, virtual, you wear goggles, and it has a motion controller that you use with it, which is the one thing that I've always wanted. I, that, that's the drone that I always wanted. I wanted, like, you know, a cool drone that I could do that stuff with, um, but the old ones didn't have that, uh, whatever. But this thing is cool. Um, I did not spend any money on it. I actually sold other shit to get to, to pay for this one because I know everybody's going, why are you buying all this shit, Jason to spendy poo? But the problem is now I can't – I got to – I have to, like uh, – all right, figure out how my second. glasses work. My I'm, glasses uh, are too big. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to run an impromptu grumpy old geeks contest right now. Whoever can guess the exact amount of drones that Jason has bought over the course of this show, to the to the letter, you have to get the exact number right of the number of different drones Jason has bought. Doesn't matter how long he owned them. Doesn't matter if he even took it out of the box. If he bought it and it came into his house, that's a drone he bought. Whoever gets it exactly right gets this drone when Jason is sick of it. 
<laughs> no, I'm not giving up my drone for that. You it's will. A very you're easy buy number one. to guess. In, in like five more episodes, you're going to buy a different drone, and you're going to be done with this one. I know you. Uh, of course, but who knows? Who knows? Impromptu GOG contest. Send your entries okay. to podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com. <laughs> so this news story uh, I saw, and I just, I actually think this is really cool. Like a lot of the time, like I, I don't give a fuck about high fashion. High fashion's ridiculous. I don't give a fuck about the metaverse. A metaverse is ridiculous. I don't give a fuck about a lot of things in technology. I think it's all stupid, but this was awesome. And it showed this past weekend, the fashion house low turned heads when it sent two models down the runway in pixelated style clothes that looked like something out of Minecraft. You have to go to the show notes. You have to click on this link. It is cool as shit. I it love so this. It is so fucking cool. And the entire, the <laughs> entire article, so <laughs> the entire article is talking about like, this has got to be like photoshops that are done on the, on the, on the, on the models to make it just like, look that, look that good. No, no, it's real. they're real clothes. I want, I want the hoodie. I want the pants. They're yep. awesome. They make they these so crazy good. pixelated effect. I bet they're not comfortable. I mean, I'm, there's no way that yeah, these are like comfortable to wear in the real world, but I would buy this for Halloween. I mean, it's awesome. These things Dude, are so cool. I would so just buy that for going cool. to lunch. It's so cool. <laughs> I mean, like back in the club days, imagine how, how fucking, you know, we'd be running the show with that stuff. It is oh so God. good. They're, they're oh. so good The the pants, you know, with the, with the jagged, like pixelated patterns are fantastic, but the hoodies where they look like they have the hard edges that they probably do. These are, these are phenomenal. Uh, well so done. Cool. <laughs> Very impressed. When you put this in here, I'm like, I am not going to like this. And then I clicked on it and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is, <laughs> it's this cool. is shit. I want these now. <laughs> I want these now. Security. Ha! Welcome back to Security Ha! with Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the Cyberwire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. Dave is also the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy, and the new Control Loop, where they discuss ICS and OT. Hello, Dave. Hello. Good to be back. Yes. The band is all back together. We got everybody today. Woohoo! <laughs> That's right. right. Welcome back, we Brian. We you. missed you last week. <laughs> yeah. You know, lots of weird schedules going on, yeah. holidays, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Life. Mm-hmm. Oh, life. Mm-hmm. Life. Yeah. Uh, so let's dive in. Andor, where are you guys at? <laughs> The important uh, all caught part up of security ha <laughs> Star Wars talk. <laughs> That's right. Uh I'm all caught up. Uh it has uh it has piqued my interest again as soon as we basically got off as soon as we stopped doing the solo movie beginning story of person just running around the planet being miserable, uh I got much better. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I have still only seen the first episode, so I am God still woefully behind. <laughs> I know. I, look, I'm I'm not happy about it either, but uh, <laughs> it's just the way that my life has played out these past couple of weeks. That uh, hopefully over this weekend I'll I'll catch up. Yeah, I mean, All it's right. really it's it's been an interesting thing. Jason and I were recording last night uh, a bit. We've kind of split the schedule a little bit more, and we were kind of talking about how I, I, it's it's definitely a must see TV period for us right now. We were itching to finish recording so we could go catch up on Star Trek Lower Decks and and uh, She Hulk and then Andor and then I'm really into the Lord of the Rings thing, which comes. I don't have enough time to to keep up with things anymore. <laughs> you sir need to get fired and be unemployed. That's, That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no. you know we we were watching um, a show. We were, we were watching the other night. We were watching an episode of um, The Middle, 
uh, you know, the sitcom, the middle from not oh, Malcolm in the. No, not Malcolm Inley, just the okay. middle okay. Um, from the early teens, like 2012, I guess it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the thing I think is outstanding about the middle is I think it is a perfectly cast show. Like the, 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 everyone playing their characters is, is pitch perfect. Um, but as we were looking through the episodes, it was like 24 episodes in a season. And Ooh. it – right. And that was the standard. Old school. Just yeah. a decade ago. 22, 24 episodes. Uh, now you get eight yeah. <laughs> or 10 or if 12. If you're lucky. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, just, six. you know, look, look at yeah. the new uh, Star Trek series uh, that that we're loving, you know, uh, Brave New World. What was it? Eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Then you go back and load up an ep- uh, a season of Star Trek The Next Generation. 70,000 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I, yeah, I suppose folks in the UK are used to this sort of thing. But for us... Uh, it's a little bit different. I, I guess part you, – you talk about Next Generation. I guess part of what's good about this is that you don't end up with uh, clip shows. You know, where the, somebody the, the gets – The filler episodes. It's, it's, right. all, somebody gets, it's all just meat on the bone. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's stuck in the holodeck, so we're going to get flashbacks all episode long. Or right? I, I think about a Something show like, like uh, my wife and I just finally caught up on, on the last season of Succession. Like if that were more episodes, it would be horrible. But the fact that hmm. they just cut it to just what you need, it's it's absolutely wonderful. So there's there's a plus to it having there is. episodes. I, I guess I also just the fact that sometimes we have to wait for years <laughs> for our next batch of only eight episodes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here's your eight episodes. Two years from now, we're gonna give you eight more. <laughs> and unless there's a uh, pandemic and you have to wait four years. Right. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean I waited forever for billions to come back. Because they had to cut it in the middle of it because of the pandemic. And then it came back even worse, which was sad. But <laughs> that show is dead now to me. Yeah. So I'm all in on yeah. succession. Billions is dead. Bastards. <laughs> yeah. I mean the flip side is that it is quality content. I'll, I'll take some of these shows versus a, a sitcom grinding out 24 episodes you know, on a standing set uh, in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> um, these, sh- these shows are cinematic quality. So yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I it. fell in love with British TV because it was that format. You know, look at the old mm. days for Spooks when that first started. Uh, that was a fantastic show about MI6 or MI5. I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. MI something. But there was also another really short series called Ultraviolet that had Idris, a, a very young Idris Elba in it. Um, mm. It was a vampire show and it was amazing. And it was just short and it started in the middle and it ended in the middle. <laughs> and you never. <laughs> You never really had anything, but it also had Philip Quast in it, who played the best Javert of all time. But oh. I, I digress. Uh, it was a fantastic, yeah. fantastic series. I think you can get it on on uh, Amazon Prime. But I love those those shorter series. So I, oh, I, I'm fine I, with I, these. I 100 percent agree. I mean, I think, and this is going to open up a can of worms because thousands of people will disagree with me. But uh, the only uh, the Office British version, three to three seasons, far superior to the 12 plus seasons of the U.S. Office. Hmm. Brian at grumpyoldgeeks.com. That's where you send your letters. <laughs> it's an unpopular opinion. I, I'm aware of that, but uh, I think it's much better, personally. Yep. Um, well, and look at Coupling. Coupling was a fantastic British series that was destroyed here in the U.S. So yeah. it didn't that even was make a combination it to, I think, of episode things. four. <laughs> that was, that was uh, really, really bad writing, really, really bad casting uh, for the U.S. version. So they had a perfect storm of crap. 
<laughs> yeah, they were they were firing on no cylinders for that one for sure. <laughs> Here's your show title: <laughs> Perfect Storm of Crap. <laughs> oh, that could be every episode. Um, mm-hmm. But okay, so Dave, you're not caught up yet, so we'll have to we'll have to table Andor for now. Um, <laughs> I do want to say yeah. that uh, our new friends over at what are these guys called again? Cybercraft, where I found those amazing helmets. Mm-hmm. They have just come out with their their Mandalorian dark saber, which is mm. a little pricey. It's eight hundred and twenty dollars. Oh uh, yeah, without shipping, <laughs> <Just> a little. <laughs> but it is cool. It it's is cool. These sorts looking. of things that make me think maybe I shouldn't introduce my son to Star Wars. I don't want to be yeah. on the hook for these things later on in life. <laughs> you know, and it even—I yeah. mean—it comes with a carrying case and all this stuff, and it's like, hmm. I do have to return that 75-inch monster TV, and it costs exactly the same. Do I swap? No, Jason. Bad Jason. You're not going to do that. But I tell you, it is, it is tempting because this thing does look great. I got to say. I don't know. This, this is one of those things that I think is going to photograph much better than when you unbox it at home. But uh, I could be wrong. I suppose if – I mean if you were someone who was cosplaying this, then this would be the perfect accessory and money well spent. Um, yep. I know my youngest son, Jack, loves the Darksaber. Like he's really into the whole lore of it and what is it about and, and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So he would be all over this. Uh, he'd be saving up his allowance until he was 25 to be able to <laughs> afford it. But, um, you know, the other thing that, that strikes me about this is I don't know, Brian, if you remember, Jason, you remember when we were kids and Star Wars first came out. Mm-hmm. And the market was flooded with mm-hmm. crap lightsabers. Yes. I like, had oh, yeah. many of them. Flashlights mm-hmm. with tubes attached to the end. Yep. And some of them were inflatable. Right, yep. right. Some of them, <laughs> yep. There were there were some inflatable ones, but then there were there were some off brand ones that you know were laser swords and they just had a it's like a plastic tube attached to a cheap flashlight with a piece of red gel in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you'd whack each other, you know, twice and it would break and that would be it and now you're done. Yes. Um, so to have this sort of quality, my son has uh, – my uh, my other son has a lightsaber that is amazing. It was a couple hundred dollars. You know, it's got I, I guess a, a line of LEDs down the middle. It makes all mm-hmm. the noises. You can make it do anything you want. It can be any color. It runs all sorts of patterns and things. But also you can – Whack the crap out of somebody with it, and it's fine. I was going to say, is, is it whackable? <laughs> it is. Yeah, you could you have know, a full I, off I, battle I, with I, this thing. I know of what you speak because uh, the last time uh, my my family and I we went back to Los Angeles and stayed with my mom, we walked over to downtown Disney, uh, mm. and we went to. They have a Star Wars dedicated store there, and we went in, and they still have the very cheap lightsabers what I call the affordable lightsabers. Uh, my son wanted to have nothing to do with that one and immediately beeline towards the $700 lightsabers of which you speak. And I right. was, my wife was like, no, 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 no way. Are we doing <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's, that's a bit pricey. <laughs> just to make it a, a dual birthday gift for you and your son, right? You get it. He gets it on weekends. You get. I it mean, I was definitely the one leaning towards yes because it is cool. <laughs> but honey, yeah, right. Um, um, right. My wife is like that. Is the flight back home? So no, yeah. <laughs> but honey, it'd be an heirloom. Oh man. So um, I do. I do want to throw a quick shout out since this is now media. Ha. Uh, um, <laughs> She-Hulk last night, uh, 
if you are a fan of the old Daredevil series, you are definitely going to love She-Hulk. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it, it made my week. I had one of the worst weeks I've had since my stroke. And it was it, it completely erased my terrible week because I was just so happy to see Matt Murdock back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'm so happy. We had finished recording, and I guess I beat you to the TV, and uh, mm-hmm. I just started watching it, and I just texted you immediately, like, go put it on now. <laughs> yep. And, and, as, and when you sent it to me was right when the, the D-plus was coming up on the screen. I'm like, I'm booting, buddy. I'm booting. I'm getting there. I have a, I have a farther commute than you do from uh, when we're done recording to the TV. So it took me <laughs> a minute. That's true. I only have to go down three stories. You had to get in your car. Yep. <laughs> Oh, but oh god! Yeah, that's she another one. So I'm good. I'm one episode in, and uh, but which I enjoyed. But there's, as you guys say, there's just so much to watch right now. It's complicated. It's hard to schedule it's it hard. all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, if you want some more stuff to uh, take up your time, I do have a couple new podcasts that I'm listening to. I got the Langley Files, a CIA podcast. Mm-hmm. I thought it was strange that the CIA now has an official podcast. I also <laughs> thought the, lots the, of yeah. people have been saying that. Yes. The, yes. Well, the, the joke on our Discord channel, Dave, is how can it be real if you're not hosting it? Ah. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, the, other, the other thing with it is uh, from everyone at the CIA, we'll be seeing you. Is there is there their their closing line? And I'm like, that's kind of creepy. Come on, guys. Why not play off the the organization's mystique? Yeah. So here's one. I'll give you a little tidbit, a little bit of advice about the CIA from folks I know who have been in the CIA to save yourself a little bit of eye roll or whatever. What do you call someone who is in the CIA? What what is their position? So my hmm. friend is a CIA what? The oh, FBI not agents. Are the spooks, right? Well, no, I mean, uh, special agents are, are FBI. Right. CIA are officers, aren't they? Correct. Correct. Oh, and yes. CIA, the, the folks in the CIA get their hackles up when you call them agents because people quite often say, oh, you're a CIA agent. And it's kind of like that, uh, that scene in uh, Top Gun when she says, oh, you're a pilot. And he's like, I'm a naval aviator. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the same sort of thing with uh, CIA. They are officers. They are not agents. FBI is agents. CIA is officers. Uh, if you want the respect of your friendly neighborhood CIA officer, get it right. Okay. And I think, I think FBI people hate it when you call them agents. Aren't they, don't they have to be referred to as special agents? Uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I, 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 that's a good, I'll have to ask. I know, actually, I know the, I went to high school with the special agent in charge of the Baltimore field office of the FBI. Um, fancy. Yeah. (laughs) Would you like some grape upon? (laughs) And, uh, well, what's great, I mean, this is a great guy and he's exactly the guy from your high school who you think would grow up to be the special agent in charge <laughs> of the FBI. That's and I'm glad he's there thing. because he's exactly that guy who I would want in that position. Um, but I don't know. That's a good question. Are there just agents or are they all special agents? I don't know. I, I don't know. Up here, we only have Mounties. <laughs> yes. <right>. Yes. <laughs> uh, the land of they, Dudley, they look, right? <laughs> they look dapper in their red dress uniforms, for yes, sure. <laughs> I uh, got another podcast called Griftonomics. This is uh, this one comes from Jackson Palmer, not to be confused mm. with Palmer Lucky, which is what I did at the the beginning when I first saw that. I'm like, oh, Palmer Lucky was kind of a uh, he's kind of a scumbag. Uh, yeah, so, that's what I recall. <laughs> yeah, he's he, but he uh, he invented the Oculus or what became you know Meta, you know the Meta headset now. 
sold it to them. But right. he does a lot of work with, um, you know, uh, the government doing drones and stuff for Border Patrol and stuff like that that I'm not a mm. real fan of. Um, Jackson Palmer was the co-creator of Dogecoin who hates crypto. So I'm, I'm, I'm all on team. I'm all on his team <laughs> right now. Okay. Uh, and he's got a really good podcast. I've listened to a couple episodes. The The latest one was the Cancel Culture Con uh, with Caitlin Burns, who is a trans reporter. It was really good. Uh, mm. There was another one, I believe, with uh, uh, what's her name again? Molly doo, 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 Molly White. I think it was the, one of the White. first episodes. Okay. Molly White from uh, the Web3 is going great website. Hmm. That was also a, a great episode. But uh, it's a well-done show. Uh, it's enjoyable. I recommend it. So, What is the show's thesis time. statement? What, why, why Griftonomics? We're living in a time where a JPEG can sell for a million dollars. Celebrities openly endorse Ponzi schemes. And when you've invented – when what you've invented – I can read me, – me read pretty one day. <laughs> when what you've invented doesn't matter nearly as much as what you say you've invented. As snake oil increasingly becomes our new currency, regulators and lawmakers are asleep at the wheel while pay-to-play journalists pump out puff pieces from their slurp-juice-induced hangover. <laughs> Join us as we explore the dizzying, unending roster of these 2020s-era rackets. Welcome to the age of griftonomics. Well, I'm glad I asked. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm glad well, I had that open. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's off the top of your head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me pull that out of my head. No. <laughs> no, the stroke has not slowed you down. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will check that out. That sounds good. And actually, the Cancer Culture Con uh, seems like something I would be interested in. I know some folks who have fallen uh, what I would call unfair victim to uh, – that trend in our culture right now. So yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. And they're also, they also talk about how people claim they've been canceled just to be able to have a, a comeback, you know, it's like, Oh, oh I'm being, help, help. I'm being repressed. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Of course. Of course. So that's, you know, that's part of it as well, but it, it is a great episode. I listened to it this morning. So, uh, two hmm. new, two new podcasts, like the Langley files. I'll keep listening to it. It's it's okay. It's not you know fantastic because you don't host it, Dave. You know, I mean, once they, once you take over, I'm all in. But for now, it'll be a casual listen. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, seems like it could be a show that could fit into the CyberWire podcast network, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you guys were talking earlier about uh, Spotify and uh, them cutting back on some of their shows and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, yeah. Yep. This is a story about Spotify acquiring a firm that detects harmful content. Hmm. We hit the and button and it keeps coming back with Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really just kind of a little blurb from Reuters, but uh, they have acquired a company called Kinzen, which I'm sure uses some kind of automation that doesn't really lay it out exactly what's going on here. But evidently, it's a tool that helps uh, detect harmful content. So I'm guessing they're using some kind of natural language processing and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if purchases like this are mostly about PR or cover or like what what are they what are they really going to do? You know, they're going to get it's like does a, a red phone start blinking on on the CEO of Spotify's desk, and the the AI has detected that Joe Rogan has gone off the rails again, and then what? No, they right. use it to find new shows that they can buy. 
That's what they're using it for. <laughs> there you go. There, right. You say harmful content like it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, we, we see that as a market opportunity. Ka-ching, right, ka-ching, right. ka-ching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason, you're right. I... Yes, you're, you're, yes. <laughs> yes, I think you have unlocked what exactly could be going on here. The funny uh, thing is, uh, most of this technology, we could write probably in a weekend with existing APIs, because all you do is you take, like, all the audio that's coming through your system, run it through right. a transcription service, and run it through a word filter. You don't need specialized AI. You can just kind of figure this out on the fly with, you know, existing tools. So this is is our fault for not making it, I guess. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, and I'd also – I mean I don't know how they're planning on implement, implementing this, but it seems like nothing is going to be faster than your listeners at letting you know when you have controversial contact <laughs> content. Mm-hmm. True. Let me tell you, I, I, on behalf of everyone on this show, uh, <laughs> it, that is so. That is the way it works, right? There are people who are at the ready. They are, they are ready to hit that send button. Their fingers are, are sprung tightly and ready to go. The audience is going to be faster for sure. Um, can this give you like a heads up on, you know, possible shows that maybe aren't on your platform that you may want to de-platform? Uh-oh. I don't oh, know. We lost Jason. Yeah. I'm here. It's always a relief when it's not us, isn't it? <laughs> I'm still yes, here. Oh, okay. There you are. Well, I never went anywhere. I can hear you at. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll okay. leave that in. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, now I lost my train of thought. Anyway, this will be interesting to see what they do. I just think it's funny that uh, Spotify has a head of trust and safety because – Well, again, to Dave, Rogan. Dave's point, you've got <laughs> yeah. to have that to say that you've got it, right? You could point, well, we, right. we have somebody on the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have another uh, article in here that's been getting a lot of attention among cybersecurity professionals, especially CISOs, Chief Information Security Officers. Uh, you guys probably saw in the news that uh, the former CISO at Uber, Joe mm-hmm. Sullivan, was found guilty over a data breach cover-up. Um, he could be facing up to eight years in prison. Uh, they doubt he will get that, but that's the maximum that he could get. Right. Um, what's really uh, – so, so this is a classic case of the cover-up being worse than the crime, right? Um that's what they're going after him for, uh, that they kept this from authorities for so long. I think it was about a year that uh, they – according to the prosecutors, um, they uh, – at Uber, they deliberately kept the information about the breach away from prosecutors and even lied to them, uh, obstructing the uh, the justice there. So um, there are folks – in InfoSec, who are saying this will be a t- this means it's a terrible time to be a CISO. Um, if CISOs can be held accountable, you know none of the other executives at Uber were on the hook for this. Uh, how are you going to get people to be CISOs? And the counter to that is, well, if you're a CISO, go ahead and be a CISO, but don't try to cover up things. Don't do illegal right? things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't do bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do your job right. and don't do illegal things. It kind of makes sense to me. I- don't right. see the problem here. Yeah. Right. It's it's <laughs> yeah. interesting that uh, Joe Sullivan before this he was a federal prosecutor. So, so he should have known like, better. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I and mean, who knows 
all the details and pressure he was under or whatever, and I'm certainly not trying to make excuses for him. My, my point is just that often there's a lot more nuance to these sorts of things than makes it into the, the stories about it. Um, but yeah, seems to me like he should have known better. Yep. Yep. It's just sad that, you know, Kalanick didn't get any blowback from this because mm-hmm. that would have been great. But yeah. Uh, this last thing I put in the show notes here, um, I came across a clip of Orson Welles on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson from 1976. So a long time ago Mm -hmm. in galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Um, I am fascinated by these old talk show segments. And if you have never checked them out, uh, particularly this era in the 70s when I, I think it's fair to say Johnny Carson was at the peak of his powers, of his influence. And talk shows were very different than they are today. Um, it wasn't so much about coming on to promote your movie. Yes, they did that, but the conversations weren't nearly as scripted as they are today. The the hosts weren't as fawning as they are today and and so on and so forth. And you could smoke. <laughs> yes, that's, that, that is also noteworthy. Everyone smoked, including <laughs> the host. Yes. Johnny Carson <laughs> smoked his way through uh, so many episodes of The Tonight Show. So Orson Welles, of course, the great Orson Welles, uh, and Johnny Carson are having this conversation about old-time radio before television. Uh, and they make some great points about uh, radio being larger than life and, and that, that radio was the widest of wide screens because it could fill your mind and the theater your imagination. The mind. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they quoted uh, Mae West, who had been recently on the Dick Cavett show, and she said – she never wanted to be on television because she didn't want to be on a medium where anything was smaller than life. She only wanted to be larger than life. And uh, I think it's interesting. So I have a link to where this part of the conversation starts up. If you stick with it and watch through the end, there's some other interesting things they say about uh, people's attention span when listening to audio, that the way that, that you, att- that you uh, pay attention to audio is different than video. Uh, how audio demands your attention in a way that television does not. So um, it, it's an old-timey trip back, but I think it's interesting when you think about it, the way that I think audio has had a resurgence thank to, thanks to podcasts, uh, and it really is the, that old theater of the mind. And uh, certainly, I mean, Orson Welles, War of the Worlds, he kind of invented that. Yeah. yeah, he's got he's got a uh, he's got some skin in the game on that one. Yeah, sure. he's got his street cred, street cred, right? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and that's why I I originally fell in love with podcasts. I I just you know I think they're fantastic. I still do. That's why I still make them every day, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing is you get to listen to Orson Welles' amazing voice. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, can we deep fake that one, please? Can I have that as my Siri voice? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody All those estate. cigars and bourbon and whatever it was. <laughs> just, just a wonderful voice. Yeah. So check it out. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Seth, Stephen, Terry, C. Erspo, who says, mm-hmm. earlier this year when funds were tight, it felt necessary to drop out, but I never stopped listening or appreciating all you two do. My Saturday is not complete without GOG. My fortunes are better, and I am back as a paid supporter again. Well, thank you very much, Erspo. And Porkchop is also in, and he says, glad to toss in a few ducats and give Patreon the benefit of the doubt. 
You mentioned last show that there were no such things as quiet firings in corporate America. I'm sure you remember hearing about hourly workers who just stopped getting scheduled shifts. It's been a pretty common practice for decades. Seems that COVID has temporarily allowed the balance of power to shift to the common man. It won't last long, so might as well fuck with him when we got him. <laughs> Jason, sorry to hear about your joining the Republican Party. Party on Jess. I have not joined the Republican Party. That was a question. So Betteridge says no. <laughs> Very nice. And thank you, everybody, over on Patreon. Thank you to the people that have joined or come back. It's nice to see our numbers actually in the in the red. Wait, black. In the black. This is why I'm not an accountant uh, for the first time in a couple months. <laughs> over at PayPal, we've got Matthew, Judge, Jonathan, Nikolai, Thomas, Shiloh, Shoppy, Nicola, and David, and Shaleen all joining in. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And over at our tip jar, we've got Christopher, John, Matthew, Mario, and Linda. Thank you all so very much. And we have a new five-star review from Pram Jockey. Always learning, always grumpy. I've been enjoying GOG for quite a while now. They bring humor and insight to a variety of aspects of modern life, from data security and privacy to the bewildering variety of gadgets that impact our lives. And despite their grumpiness, there is a real kindness to them in the way they respect the people and the world around them. Not the snarky review they ask for, but the five stars they deserve. Oh, thank you. That's Thank you, Pram Jockey. I'm feeling a little uh, verklempt. Must be the beer. Yeah, must be. Must be. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, it's a local Canadian brewery that made a Rush beer. Hopefully better the than band. the band? Well, yeah, of course. No offense. <laughs> I'm just not a prog rocker. Worked no, for them. No. Lovely people. I was going to say they were your client, so... <laughs> Lovely people. Lovely people. I... <laughs> I've worked for a lot of bands I can't stand. It's fine. They're good people. <laughs> All right. I like good people. Speaking of good people, we unfortunately lost Loretta Lynn this week. She we was did. also baller. She was yes. she was an amazingly baller woman. Um I grew up in the South and I grew up around her. So Yeah, that's good country. That's the that's the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cole Miner's daughter. Uh breaking news, we just lost Judy Tenuta. What? Which anybody in our age group remembers. The accordion-playing comedian uh, oh, no. had a lot of big stints on MTV. She passed away at 72. Oh, the, the URL for, uh, for you know, all the uh, Google searches says 73. So 72, 73, I don't know, whatever. Something like that. Well, she was born Sad November news, 7th, 1949 in Oak Park, Illinois. So mm -hmm. yeah. um, Very no, funny. I, I, I remember really enjoying her when I was a kid. Oh, she was great. She was totally great. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we lost a, we lost a couple of great ladies this week. Mm -hmm. Bummer. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 573. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy.